Welcome to The Irony of Beauty, a fortnightly podcast hosted by skincare experts Fiona and Rose. They love a good chat and sometimes a heated debate about all things skin and nutrition, calling out scaremongering, misinformation and misleading marketing in an ever-confusing world of beauty and wellness. Please note, the information provided is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace qualified medical advice. So we spoke on the last episode about rosacea. We were looking at lifestyle factors, triggers, um, foods, environmental, all of those things. And today we're following that up by looking at topical skincare and also treatments that may be beneficial. And also, I think importantly, treatments that could be aggravating rosacea as well because some treatments aren't suitable either are they exactly um there are some great procedures that are are fantastic for rosacea but there are some that are not so great you know anything that drives inflammation you have to be very careful with you know I've had clients that have come in to see me with full-blown rosacea um and they've told me they've had microdermabrasion done somewhere else and, and questioning, you know, why is my rosacea out of control? I mean, microdermabrasia is not a treatment that should be done on a rosacea-prone skin, you know. So understanding what treatments work with, with skin conditions like rosacea is really important if you want to get the condition under control and manage it. So shall we start then with treatments we recommend and then the treatments maybe that we don't recommend? Because this is, again, where it gets really confusing because I know some skin professionals do recommend microdermabrasion for rosacea even for acne um i'm not a fan of microdermabrasion if you think about it it's really like just sort of rubbing your skin with sandpaper let's face it (laughs) um maybe if you've got a little bit of congestion it may be beneficial around the nose etc but if you've got an inflammatory skin condition and you're scraping away at the skin You've already, we spoke on the last podcast, you've already got a skin that's sort of got an upregulated immune response. It's in an inflammatory condition. It's going to be more reactive to whatever you do to it. So then really it makes no sense to me to take it into further inflammation. Exactly. Um, microdermabrasion is not something I do a lot of at all. Um it's a yeah you have to really pick your skin for that particular procedure so you want to rebuild the skin with rosacea you want to reduce inflammation you want to improve barrier function you want to obviously get that mite under control restore the restore the skin flora the microbiome so there's certain um, procedures in clinic that work amazingly for rosacea Um, and I've seen some incredible results you know light-based devices are fantastic you know Laser genesis is amazing, but it needs to be done at the right time. Um, looking at your LED device, you know, your 830 nanometer infrared is also very good for reducing inflammation in the skin and very healing. Um, there are some great um, actives for rosacea like lactic acid. Um, that's very good for rosacea. I do apply that on skins with rosacea, you know, from time to time, but it really does depend on what state the rosacea is in. Skin needling is also very good for rosacea, but once again, it needs to be done at the right time mm. when the condition is managed. I know you're going to have some things to say about that, uh, um, I think, but it needs to be done correctly. Well, I think it's about managing it at the right time, right? Because if it's in an inflamed state, I wouldn't go near it with skin needling. But if it is, you know, just sort of dilated capillaries and, we want to sort of strengthen the skin and help with angiogenesis and that type of thing, then it may be beneficial. So again, when is it suitable to have 
skin needling and I think it's about picking the right time. I also wouldn't be peeling a skin with rosacea. So, you know, a, a strong chemical peel, why would you? Like you've got to think about what's the purpose of doing that. And I know some people might go, no, I do that and I've had great results. So, you know, everybody does have a different opinion. For me, it's about getting the inflammation under control first and foremost and picking treatments that are going to help to calm and help regenerate the skin. When it comes to LED, you know, the infrared, you said, um, can be beneficial, but then you can overdo if you just do the red light on its own. Um, so you've got to pick your skin. And the, the thing that's hard with rosacea, I find, is you never quite know how someone's going to respond. I find treating acne for instance or managing acne should I say I shouldn't say treating it is a lot easier because it's almost quite predictable you know you normally can tell how the skin's going to respond but with rosacea everyone responds a little bit differently so you never quite know so sometimes it can be a little bit of trial and area what some people might respond to is certain ingredients topically Others may flare up. And to give you an example, niacinamide, for instance, that can be really beneficial for rosacea skin. But some people, it will flare it up. And it really does depend on, again, I say it, the final formula is king. It depends on the actual niacinamide product, how much niacinamide is in there. I think when you're looking at niacinamide evidence for 2 to 5%, any more than that, you do run the risk of potential skin irritation in a rosaceous skin. It could be problematic. It also depends on the type of niacinamide that's used. And what I mean by that, you wouldn't know looking at an inky list what manufacturer, um, what, what niacinamide has been used because it would be listed as niacinamide. But there are different grades and different qualities and different price point niacinamides and some will have a higher amount of nicotinic acid in, which will potentially create flushing on the skin. And so to me, that's important as well. There's no way of knowing unless you just use that product and you go, I can't use that particular niacinamide. I, I've flushed with it and it causes redness. Whereas another one you may be fine with and it's ultimately to do with the type of niacinamide that's been used, the quality of it, but also what other ingredients have been mixed with that niacinamide. So, for instance, are there calming, cooling ingredients in there that will be beneficial for a rosaceous skin? Or is there something else in there, like um, a hydroxy acid, for instance, that's going to maybe potentially aggravate it depending on the percentage that's used and the pH of a product as well will have a big big role in a rosaceous skin. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Um, all ingredients and, and procedures need to be introduced at the right time. And when I'm treating rosacea in the clinic, first and foremost, it's the inflammation that we treat first. So reducing that inflammatory response with the skin is vital before you start doing anything else. So introducing those ingredients that do that, um, aloe vera, you know, B5, B3, um, skincare with probiotics, you know, they're also very effective. Um, but treating the inflammatory response in the skin with rosacea all come, all also comes from an internal approach. So introducing omegas, um, introducing those ingestible support powders that you have within your clinic that reduce that inflammatory response, helping to restore gut health. I know I, I have Vitasol in my clinic and 
I love Vitasol because it is so predictable when I'm looking at really treating these inflammatory skin conditions. Um, using prebiotics within the Vitasol range is amazing because it fuels that gut flora, starts to reduce that inflammatory response. The Omega starts to rebuild the barrier from an internal approach. Um, so all of that combined and introducing your skincare and treatments to reduce inflammation already start to get that client moving forward in managing rosacea. And then alongside of that, we have conversations about their diet, like we spoke about in the previous podcast. We have conversations about their lifestyle. And once you start that foundation for that client in their treatment plan, it's only then when you start to see inflammation reduce that you start to integrate different procedures to work on, on the vascular side of things, you know, um, it's not until you've done that that you really can proceed with other treatments, for example, like skin needling or laser genesis, whatever the case may be. Inflammation is first and foremost. Yeah, I agree. And I love actually in the omegas, the sea buckthorn and the astaxanthin are so good for rosacea as well, like I'm, you know, with the strengthening of the skin. So, again, it's a combination of ingredients that, that really is key. I also think with the topical... When we're saying we need to get the inflammation under control, there's some great ingredients out there. And we said you know, niacinamide can be great, B5. Retinol, or retinol, should we say, that can also be beneficial as well when we introduce it at the right time. I think that can be a fabulous ingredient. And then those ingredients like I love sea buckthorn, Canadian willow herb, um, rutin, the flavonoids that are strengthening on the skin, they can all be mm-hmm. beneficial. Um, probably... Best evidence for rosacea would be azelaic acid. Yes. Um, that can be really good, but that does tend to be the evidence, I think, is between 15 to 20%, which is prescription only. But I've probably seen best results with azelaic acid on rosacea. That's incredible. So that is another option. But in Australia, not necessarily in overseas, but in Australia it is at that strength prescription only from a doctor. Azelaic acid is is a go-to and rutin as well when it comes to treating the redness in the skin and the inflammation. They're fantastic ingredients. And then obviously combining them with your B3, your B5, rebuilding the skin barrier and hydration. If the inflammation is quite excessive, aloe vera can be a really good one. Um, and introducing um, skincare with probiotics as well, the design for rosacea also really helps. So taking that combination approach with ingredients in that formulation is is good, always good. Yeah, and it depends on, I mean, with topical skincare, you can get prebiotics, you can get probiotics, you've got to get the right probiotic, as we spoke before, whether that's an internal one um, or topical. But with rosacea, they do seem to have a dysregulation of not only the gut microbiome, but also the skin microbiome, um, an imbalance in certain bacteria on the skin, but also the demodex mite that we spoke about interestingly as well the ph of a rosacea skin is slightly different as well so with a rosacea skin the ph tends to be a little bit higher and so what is interesting is at that slightly higher ph that becomes more of a a breeding ground if you like for more pathogenic bacteria which then is going to increase more inflammation and so ph balanced products at around the sort of 4.5 to 5.5 can be quite beneficial when we start going too low in ph on a rosacea skin that can also cause flare-ups because it's too much of an extreme um 
and we sort of have this inflammatory response as well and that is why when we start to use hydroxy acids at quite a low pH, it can be problematic too. And it comes down to introducing these types of ingredients and procedures with AHAs at the right time. They are effective for rosacea, but you need to introduce them at the right time. Otherwise, you are going to set the rosacea off and have a flare-up. Yeah, and I think the pH of a rosacea skin on average tends to be at around 5.83, whereas, you know, the microbiome is at its healthiest at around 4.7 to 4.9. So that's actually quite a big variant. You know, in a normal skin, 4.5 to 5.5. So that is something that's quite interesting. So that rebalancing with the topicals can also help to take down the inflammation and help to repair or support skin barrier. Saying that though, some rosacea type skins don't do well with really heavy products or occlusive products or real oil rich products. Some people are fine, but other people find that it can be a bit of a flare up. And again, I think that's because whatever we put on the skin is going to topically affect the microbiome and skin barrier function and sometimes too much too soon can cause a flare up. So I think again with rosacea, if you think, oh, I'm just going to go and start a brand new skin regime, too much too soon can be more problematic and sometimes it's a case of pairing it right back to a really good supportive cleanser and just a basic moisturiser to start with before we start getting too many actives involved. Otherwise, we can have a flare-up again. Agreed. Um, And that's a really good point that you made about the pH of a rosaceous skin. Um, And that that can also be applied to our diet as well because if clients are having a diet that's really high in inflammatory food, lots of sugar, lots of refined processed food, the acidity within our body or the pH within our body also is impacted and, and that can also flare up rosacea skin as well. That's why diet for me is incredibly important in addressing, um, you know, when treating rosacea too, ensuring that we're eating those whole foods that reduces inflammation um, is very important. Although the body will naturally balance the pH anyway. So again, that's another whole debatable thing about pH conversation and I mean I guess it comes back down to consistency doesn't it you know if you're doing these things all the time then of course you're going to be in a high state of inflammation I'm not just talking about one night out you know yeah absolutely um so that's a yeah that's an interesting one as well because I know people are taking all these alkaline waters and like what do you think of that and it's like well your stomach's really acidic anyway so that's a, hot, that's a whole other debate on the whole acid alkaline thing because your blood pH is always the same. Um, I'm on that. I've, I'm not really sure about things like alkaline waters. Um, I have to do some more investigation. I think this is a great conversation because, yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. It's interesting. But then, yeah, I think anti-inflammatory diet first and foremost is going to be yeah. beneficial. I think with the, the topical skincare, less is best looking at those ingredients that can be beneficial, the soothing, calming, the flavonoid-type ingredients like the rutin, like the sea buckthorn I, I, I personally like, licorice, Canadian willow herb, but um, I think, you know, the azalea, the niacinamide tend to be the ones that are the more cosmeceutical-type ingredients that have better, better, azaleic in particular, better evidence. And then, of course, um, once we've got that under control, we can start to look at those treatments. So... Are there any treatments that you would say, no, definitely not for rosacea? 
definitely not microdermabrasion. Yeah. Um, any procedure that induces um, a wound response um, that induces a lot of inflammation in the skin, sometimes you need to be very careful with rosacea. It needs to be managed um, uh, before you introduce those types of treatments. And unfortunately, even clients with rosacea are concerned with aging. We all want lifting. We all want tightening. And a lot of the time you are sending heat into the skin, you're inducing a wound response, you're creating a, a controlled injury. Not all rosacea skins can tolerate those types of procedures unless it's managed and under control. So you have to be really careful and really pick your skin. Um, it may be uh, that you need to avoid those highly vascular areas. But, you know, in saying that procedures like skin needling, I've had some really good results with um, treating vascularity in rosacea-prone skins. It just needs to be done at the right time and facilitated in the right way. You don't want to create too much inflammation in the skin, even with that procedure. Mm. And there's some laser treatments that can be beneficial as well. Oh, yeah. Laser genesis is amazing. Um, I utilise that a lot for rosacea. Um, you can get some vascular lasers, which are quite effective at, um, you know, destroying the, those capillaries that you can see on the surface of the skin. Once again, it needs to be done at the right time. Um, you do need to rebuild the skin, reduce inflammation before doing that, or they're just going to come right back, or you could potentially even have an adverse reaction. Mm. So, um, you know, yeah. And what about topical skincare? Are there any products in particular that you find or ingredients particularly irritating for rosacea? Glycolic acid, very much so. Um, you know, salicylic acid can also be very irritating on the skin with rosacea. Um, when it comes to AHAs, I find lactic acid quite effective, but in very small doses. Mm. But um, and scrubs, it... um, I, I'm so against mechanical scrubs anyway, oh, but no. anything abrasive like that. Vitamin C is another one that can tend to really aggravate rosacea sometimes. Um, it comes down to the formulation, Fiona. It's it's understanding your product and understanding the formulation as best as you can. I think that's really important because with salicylate, for instance, it depends on the percentage. It percent it depends on the pH. It's, I think salicylic out of um, all the hydroxy acids is the only one that actually can be used at a higher pH and still be effective. And mm -hmm. if it's at a low percent, we also know salicylic can be anti-inflammatory, right? So. Mm -hmm. That also will depend then on the final formulation as to whether it's going to be beneficial or not. I find, I mean, you can say that about anything. You could say the same about glycolic too. I do find scrubs overstimulating um, myself. I think pretty much any dermatologist will tell you not to use a scrub on your face, even the ones with the little apparently perfectly spherical beads. I do find them um, quite aggravating. I think most people overuse hydroxy acids and that, again, is going to disrupt the barrier function and can be problematic when they overuse anything. I also find cleansers with rosacea, you know, too strong a cleanser, that can also be irritating and I think people often don't realise the importance of cleansers and getting the right one. And if you get the wrong cleanser, that stuffs your whole skincare regime up. So that's important. I do find certain ingredients so can be more problematic for rosacea and again just be very careful how I say this because you could have a formula with this ingredient in and the final formula as we keep saying is king so it could be okay 
but I do find, you know, things like your menthol, um, peppermint, those types of things on some rosacea skins can be problematic. Cinnamon in products can be problematic as well. Anything that's sort of hot, hot and spicy on the skin. Certain preservatives, I do find things like benzyl alcohol in particular on a rosacea skin that may possibly cause a flushing or a flare-up and alcohol, depending how much is in there. And I'm talking about SD alcohol or just alcohol, not your fatty alcohols, because there's all different alcohols in skincare. But um, some may be problematic for a rosacea skin. But again, final formula, it does depend. But certain ingredients can be more problematic than others. In my experience, it tends to be more certain preservatives can cause rosacea flare-ups in some people, not everyone. And it tends to be more sort of the the benzyl alcohol type preservatives or um, benzoic acid type preservatives. Sometimes that can be problematic as well. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Anything overstimulating, anything aggressive, anything that's going to impair that skin barrier function is going to flare up rosacea pretty much. Mm. And again, you know, niacinamide should help, but in some people, depending on the actual formula, it might be more problematic as well. So I think when it comes down to rosacea, you need to find product that um, works for your skin and just because it works for somebody else doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you exactly Um, and that's a very good point just because your friend uses this particular product on her rosacea skin doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work for you Um, it really depends on the state of inflammation are there papules are there pustules you know, it needs to be handled in a certain way and managed in a certain way so that you can integrate these ingredients at the right time. You can integrate these procedures at the right time as well. Um, it needs to be done, you know, facilitated very strategically. So if you had somebody that came in with rosacea, and let's say it was quite flat up, what would be the first treatment that you would put them on? For me, treatment-wise... Um, I would give them a light-based device treatment first and foremost because I'd want to reduce inflammation um, in the safest way possible. Infrared LED is brilliant um, as a first-time treatment. If I have um, infusions in the clinic to help to restore skin barrier function, reduce inflammation, hydrate the skin, that's already going to start to reduce redness and that inflammatory response. So that's always a good place to start. It's a basic treatment. Um, but that's a good thing to do. I find DMK have some great protocols for rosacea as well. Mm. And when you say infusions, you don't mean IV infusions, right? No, no, topical infusions, thank you. <laughs> topical infusions um, and infusing any ingredients into the skin that can help to hydrate and reduce in inflammation, antioxidants, um, yeah, prebiotics, probiotics, um, anything that you have in a topical infusion that can really help. Yeah, and co- and cooling treatments as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. Anything cooling. Um, once you've gotten a grasp on the skin barrier function, their reactivity, the state of the inflammation in the skin, that first treatment is already going to indicate what steps you do to move forward in treating the rosacea. 
So your first treatment, or for me, the first treatment I provide for a client in clinic is an indicator of what I need to do next moving forward. There's a lot of different modalities for rosacea. There's lots of different strategies you can really take on board to treat the condition, um, but it needs to be done at the right time. So that first treatment is a real indicator of how inflamed we are, how reactive we are, mm. and how much work we need to do to repair the skin. Absolutely, and I think as well, Anything too extreme in temperature can also be problematic, right? So even in, I mean, we're in winter now in Australia, but even sort of cold climates, then coming into the heat, that can also be problematic. And quite often we see a flare up during winter with rosacea, people sitting near the fire, that sort of the heat, then they go outside in the cold. So that can be problematic. And then we get to the summer and then they're putting their face in the sunlight and then that will cause a flare up. So we can't win. (laughs) It just comes down to education. Um, And unfortunately, with this condition, there are a lot of variables, there are a lot of triggers, and it's never always going to be the same. Until you really strengthen the integrity of the skin, it will manage those flare-ups better. They will become less frequent. They will become less flared up um, once you start, you know, improving the integrity. But yes, environment will absolutely impact rosacea skin. So In Adelaide in particular, our weather here in winter is very dry, it's very cold, it's quite extreme. Rosacea always flares up in winter. However, in a humid climate, it can tend to be less inflamed. So, you know, yes, really looking at that person overall is so important at actually how you prescribe and how you strategically plan what procedures you're going to introduce when and what ingredients and topicals you're going to introduce when. And do you find when somebody comes in with rosacea do do you ever have an issue where someone's been on say topical steroids and their rosacea's got worse yes yeah um so uh, steroids can interfere with rosacea you have um you know withdrawals from steroids Mm. that's a whole other topic Mm. um that that creates an entire cascade of events with skin um for clients that have had long-term use of antibiotics um oral and topical you know, you've got doxycycline that's um, prescribed, you've got Rosex, um, Zelantra is an antimicrobial that can also be prescribed to treat rosacea um, and that makes the skin so alkaline, you know, um, and and taking oral antibiotics impacts skin barrier function as well and the response that you do from treatments or that you're trying to achieve from a treatment becomes very unpredictable. So factoring that in is very important. You already know, or I already know when I start talking to a client, if they've been on long-term use of medication, um, there's a lot of work to to do to rebuild skin and rebuild gut health with ingestibles um, before you can even start to introduce any other procedures. You know, it's just rebuilding anti-inflammatory um, light-based devices like your LED um, is such a good place to start, you know, before you move forward with anything else. More is not better when you're treating rosacea. Less is always more um, when you're managing this condition and focusing on the education side of things and helping that client to understand why they have the condition, what their flare-ups are and what they can do from a lifestyle point of view is everything the mm. first time you meet them. Mm. That is more important to me um, than actually doing a treatment like needling just because it's good for rosacea. You know, really being very strategic and educating that client is so important. And I think it's surprising that people don't know what those triggers actually are. 
And then when you mm. start to find out what the triggers are and you start to join the dots, it all starts to make sense. Like, oh, that makes sense. Every time I have the alcohol or every time I have this, every time I have that, that makes sense. And then, oh, and then I've been in front of the fire and I've been sitting there with a glass of wine and then I've been going out running in the cold and then I've been swimming and all the chlorine and you know it all starts to make sense and then we can start to put the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together and then come up with a plan that will help them to manage the rosacea and at least if you know what your triggers are you can then prepare for it and manage it. Absolutely. And and clients become quite confused with the triggers as well. They put it in, almost in the too hard basket because they think, oh, I can't have a drink. Every time I drink, my rosacea gets out of control. Oh, I went out last night and I woke up this morning or I exercised and, and my skin's out of control. They become very frustrated, these clients, which I have a lot of com- compassion for people that do have rosacea because they, they do find it too hard. They find it confusing. They don't know what to do. They've been told so much misleading information. So that's why I really focus on the education side of things in a consultation first, helping them to understand understand their own personal triggers um, is everything in, in creating a skin treatment plan for a client. That's first and foremost the fundamentals. It's the foundation. Then you can start to progress with obviously your topicals, your ingestibles, um, your treatments, procedures, um, all of that, you, you know, it, it needs to be done strategically. Education is everything for these clients. For sure. So I think the takeaway here is find out the triggers, find out what the topical triggers are, lifestyle triggers, really important. Less is more. So mm-hmm. too much of good thing isn't necessarily a good thing and I think pair back the skincare to start with to get the inflammation under control then look at appropriate treatments to also help to calm the skin before you go in with those more I don't want to say invasive treatments but treatments that are going to be more stimulating and again as we spoke about on previous podcasts you know those lifestyle factors trying to sort of look at stress management and being aware that you know if you're a heavy exerciser even that could actually bring out a rosacea flare so it's about being aware and being aware of what the triggers are so that you know every time you go and run 10ks and you get out of breath and you get hot and red you will come up with a rosacea flare so how can we help to calm that down as quickly as possible don't go home and do a hot shower and use a face scrub as a starter Yes, exactly. And and for therapists, understand your client, understand the skin, really look at what you're trying to do with prescribing ingredients for, for that client. You know, what do you want to do first? You know, how are you going to rebuild that skin? How are you going to train that skin to behave better? You know, really understand your client and the skin before you start to introduce those types of treatments that are a little bit more heat inducing or wound inducing to get a result just because they're good for rosacea doesn't mean you introduce them from day one they need to be done strategically Mm. and I think with topical skincare as well in the case of rosacea if you're using something that is stinging and burning on your skin and it's creating this sort of flushing of the skin that's a little bit of a warning sign because I know sometimes with more active or cosmeceutical skincare, sometimes people go, oh, you know, I like the burn, the sting is good, it means it's doing something. I mean, sometimes if the pH is changing on the skin or you do have actives, you may feel a bit of a tingle. But on a rosaceous skin, that could also be a sign that it's just too stimulating. And that would be 
the time when I would say, you know, if that's the case, you're getting stinging and burning and redness, that's probably not the right product for you. Correct. It's counterproductive. At the end of the day, we're trying to reduce the redness. We're trying to improve the overall vascular vascularity. Anything stimulating is going to enhance that. So it does become counterproductive. Yeah, for sure. But I do find, you know, and just be aware of what you are using, you know, rubbing and scrubbing on the skin actually will cause a, a bit of a, a problem. So I think when in doubt, get that medical diagnosis first and foremost, then seek professional skin guidance make sure you're getting the right products prescribed for your skin less is best and you know if you're getting recommended a course of treatments with peels and microdermabrasion might not be the right thing to start with for a rosacea skin agreed 